Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. The Red and White Authority presented by Labatt and Labatt Blue. And this is episode 94. And our guest is Brian Mahoney-Wilson, who's the goaltending development coach for the Detroit Red Wings. He's based in Grand Rapids. However, he is the goaltending development coach for the entire Red Wings organization. And before we begin, I want to remind everyone that it's time for hockey, and it's also time for Labatt Blue, the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's time for hockey and Labatt Blue. From the first puck drop to the final horn, cheers to the rinksiders on Woodward Avenue, all the way up to the nosebleeds. It's all red and white here. And remember, you can still get your limited edition Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light to Detroit Red Wing cans, get them while they're cold and while they're still available. Remember, Labatt Blue, the official beer of the Detroit Red Wings, and always enjoy Labatt Blue premium beer responsibly. And with that, let's bring in Brian Mahoney-Wilson. Brian, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Art. Appreciate it. Uh, this is kind of a semi-annual thing that we do, and uh, much appreciated to have me on the show. And uh, go into further explanation, especially to all the fans, uh, about our goalie prospects in the organization. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about specifically your job. We've had you on uh, a, a few times over the last year or so. I mean, episode 94, and I think you've been at least on uh, three previous episodes there, Brian. But uh, 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 you are based in Grand Rapids. I know you work uh, with the Griffin goaltenders, obviously. I know you travel down to Toledo to talk to Caden Fulcher. Yet, you do do some traveling and try to at least watch all the eight prospects that we're going to talk about today. Correct. Uh, I'll at least see uh, some of those prospects uh, that are unsigned uh, throughout the year. Hopefully, the ones that are based in Sweden, I'll, I'll get to see next year. But like you said, I'm based in Grand Rapids. This is my third year. And uh, those guys that are next in line uh, to be called up uh, to the Detroit Red Wings, I'll I'm with them every day and make sure that their development's uh, firsthand and that they're ready to play National Hockey League games. And then secondary uh, are the young, younger prospects, uh, not necessarily Pat Nagel uh, down in Toledo, but it would be Caden Fulcher, uh, the next in, in line for that spot. Uh, so, you know, with Caden um, down there once uh, every couple weeks and uh, communicate uh, thoroughly with him and then it's, uh, then it's to the other guys as well that are unsigned uh, about once or twice a month. I'm on the phone with them uh, once a month with their goalie coaches. And, and then ultimately from there, uh, get to see them play live, hopefully at least once per year. When I, when you look at the the situation the Red Wings find themselves goaltending wise, obviously Jimmy Howard uh, just concluded a recent stint at the All Star game. The third time he's been an All Star, second time he was able to uh, participate in the actual event, and then Jonathan Bernier, who just signed. Uh, a, a three-year deal, so he's locked up not only for this season but the next two. Speculation abounds about what they're going to do with Jimmy because he's an unrestricted free agent come July 1st. I think uh, the scuttlebutt is is that eventually the Red Wings and Jimmy will work out uh, uh, some sort of extension, whether it's uh, two, three years, I'm not sure. And again, I mean, I, I want to stress to fans right here, this is more of a, a speculative thing, but Jimmy likes it in Detroit, obviously, and I know the Red Wings like him, and certainly He's a career Red Wing drafted out of the University of Maine. So uh, the goaltending situation looks fairly stable for the next couple of years, Brian. However, this is a transitional period. The team is going through a transitional period. So I would imagine in the next two to three years, uh, possibly, quite possibly, some of the prospects we'll talk about today will eventually find their way to Detroit. Absolutely, and uh, you know the credit goes to, to Jimmy and Jeff Saleko. Uh, Jeff's done a great job, and now in his third year in Detroit, and uh, changing, transforming, uh, applying new uh, tactics to Jimmy's game, and and that's what's made him an all-star and an impact uh, within the last three years, uh, especially uh, for the team. And uh, it's nice to see that they picked up a qualified veteran uh, for, for Jonathan Bernier. And uh, it's nice to see that they have a good tandem going. And hopefully that, that's, uh, that's what we see in the, the years to come. So for my job especially, it's just to make sure that, you know, if it's just one of these prospects, uh, whether it be a current guy in Grand Rapids, uh, maybe a guy in Toledo, or it's the unsigned guys, 
that uh, one of them can be uh, the replacement for uh, one of those guys someday. That's uh, my sole responsibility is to, is to hope to, to not only find maybe someone that isn't a, pro- a part of our organization yet, but uh, those guys that are, are in our system uh, to hopefully develop uh, their tactics and uh, their skill set so that they can one day wear uh, the Red Wing logo. Have you have you been able to travel much, or have you been basically because, as we said, there are two new goalies in Grand Rapids, Caden Fulcher, his first year pro, he's down in in Toledo. Have you been more um, maybe centrally located in GR this year, as opposed to maybe some previous years where you did a little more traveling? Absolutely. Uh, I've been basically between GR and Toledo for the most part this year, and uh, just because uh, we have three new goalies uh, in the three, four, five, six spot uh, in the system. And that includes Hari Sateri, who's a veteran, and he's on a one-year deal. And then we have Patrick Rebar, who came over from Slovakia, um, who's pretty much slated in, in the four spot slash three spot. And then we have Caden Fulcher. So it's uh, made my job uh, a little bit easier in the sense of just going back and forth three hours to Toledo and back to GR um, in that uh, I'm just focused on uh, their technical development and myself building a relationship uh, on and off the ice with them so that uh, they can further their play. So that's basically been been my year so far. I did go to the World Juniors to to watch a couple of draft-eligible goalies, and now I will have uh, a couple of other trips coming up, uh, including Keith Petrozelli, as well as Philip Larson. Uh, Actually, Philip, I saw a lot play last weekend in Kalamazoo at West, Western Michigan with Denver. Uh, unfortunately, lost both games there, but uh, definitely upside for this organization uh, Philip Larson has for the, you know his talent and ability. Uh, for fans that uh, maybe not follow uh, college hockey, Western Michigan, I don't know if they're a surprise to the NCAA, but this was a team that was uh, uh, recently rolling. I think they've won... 10 out of their last 12 games or something. So Western is a formidable foe. And when we talk about Larson, uh, we'll get into that. Uh, uh, you know, I know Red Wing fans probably are thinking, well, do you have much contact, even though Jeff Saleko is is in Detroit and working with, uh, with uh, uh, Jimmy Howard and Jonathan Bernier extensively and exclusively, do you have much uh, do, do you bounce things off of Jeff or Jeff off of you? Do you have much contact with the Detroit goaltenders at this point? I have no contact with them. That uh, is strictly up to Jeff Salako. Uh, I do talk to Jeff uh, as much as I can, maybe once a month uh, right now, um, just in a situation that uh, I update him uh, based upon how the goalies in Grand Rapids are doing. And, and I send any video that... Uh, are of our goalies, especially in, in Grand Rapids and Toledo, like a Fulcher, and then any video I receive from goalie coaches in, at the college, major, junior level, or over in Europe uh, of our prospects or draft eligible guys, I make sure to share with Jeff so he's included in that. But uh, as far as the NHL go, guys, they are not my responsibility. They're strictly Jeff Salako's. Um, all the developmental uh, goalies that uh, are the three, four, five, six spot, as well as the college and uh, the unsigned prospects uh, are my responsibility. Well, you know, I mean, let's face it, goaltending development coach, you would think that if they're at the NHL level, even though everybody can develop and learn uh, throughout their entire career, but, you know, by that time, um, they're pretty much well-established, and uh, I think, you know, Jeff really works with them every day on the ice. We see, I see it every day at practice and uh, kind of refine their game and, and help them and help their game evolve a little bit. But uh, uh, let us uh, let me ask you one final question before we get into the prospects, and our guest is uh, Brian Mahoney-Wilson, the goaltending development coach for the Detroit Red Wings organization, and uh, it's always great to have Brian on the program. Uh, he has been on the Red and White Authority uh, I think at least this is his third, if not fourth, appearance. I'm going to have to start paying him, I think, or uh, sending you a case or two of Labatt Blue or something there, Brian. But, uh, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, really, every guest I've had on likes that idea. Uh, but uh, let's, um, 
The Red Wings, again, I believe they have 10 draft picks heading into this year's draft. And I know the trade deadline's coming up at the end of... Uh, uh, the end of February, so I don't know how many they'll actually end up with, but the philosophy of the organization has been the last couple of seasons to uh, acquire draft picks. And last year, uh, the Red Wings drafted a couple of goaltenders uh, uh, in the 2018 draft, both of them from Sweden. Uh, but the, the, the direction of the franchise is get as, acquire as many assets as you can, and I think if they get 10, and based on almost like 30 new players, or at least prospects over the last three-year period. And I'm not asking you to tip your hand, but uh, uh, is this organization still you know, searching for goaltenders, I guess? I mean, would it be a stretch? Uh, to think that maybe, quite possibly, depending on who's available, that you know they could be looking at uh, uh, goalies in the upcoming draft. And I know this is really premature, yeah. and I hate to put you on the spot. Well, I think that's the game we're, we're in. Uh, you're always looking. You're always looking for that next best player. And you're developing your prospects, hoping, hopefully that they come along with, you know, with their teams and their goalie coaches they have currently, the unsigned prospects I'm talking about. And hopefully one of the guys that is signed in Grand Rapids or Toledo expedites his, his talent and abilities. And then, therefore, like you got uh, the 2019 draft coming, and yeah, there are eligible prospects that are, are uh, going to be uh, really good pros someday. And you know, try to narrow your list to five top goalies in, in this draft class, and, and hopefully that uh, if the, the organization's willing to draft further, you know, and add another goalie um, to the list that they already have, uh, you're trying just to overall get better year to year as an organization. So um, it's in any industry, in any business, you're going to have competition. So it's uh, that's not for the prospects to worry about. Um, they have to make themselves better on a daily basis. And, and if we can add another guy who's going to push someone else within our our industry and our organization, then uh, so be it. So uh, if their push comes to shove, if there is a, a guy that we really like, then and that's up to, to Tyler Wright and uh, Ken Hall and the rest of the management to, to make that decision. How, how much of a say, though, because you're... Uh, being the development coach, and obviously you're 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 on the um, the the eight prospects we're about to uh, uh, to talk about here. But what I, I'm kind of curious about is that do you have a say, perhaps, because I I would assume, and a part of your job is also to look at some of these. Like you said, you were just at the World Juniors to see a couple of goaltenders who are who are draft eligible. Um, is that also part of your job where uh, you're the unofficial goaltending scout for the organization as well? I do my due diligence, no doubt, uh, with the video and uh, going to see some guys live, but it's majority of it is uh, on my own time doing video of the guys that are 2001 born, uh, for this year, I can't believe I'm saying 2001 born already, but, uh, wow. and, and even, even younger, some guys that might be uh, possible overage and, uh, that could be free agents. And, uh, I'm doing all that on, on the side, uh, as well as the, you know, making sure our prospects are all set and ready to go, uh, each game they, they play, but, uh, it's taking the time to, to wean out to who is that, you know, in the top 10, uh, the final list of the, of the draft class. And then, Ultimately, who are the prospects within major junior college, uh, you know, the juniors over in Europe, et cetera, and uh, then go into the free agents as well as, uh, you know, restricted free agents that uh, could be a potential candidate for Grand Rapids as well. So it's, there is there's a ton of video on my part, uh, but I make sure, you know, if the organization comes to me and says, uh, you know, about goalie X, Y, and Z, that I know uh, the background of that that goaltender and, uh, you know, the technique in which they play, uh, their statistics, uh, win-loss, their personality off, on and off the ice. Uh, it's all important factors for me to know uh, when addressing management about that stuff. So uh, no doubt I'm, I'm, I do my due diligence on that part so that uh, we can draft the, or sign the best uh, available prospect uh, for the future of this organization. You know, I, I'll be the first to admit I'm not the, uh, you know, the sharpest knife in the drawer, the brightest bulb on, on the planet here. So 
I, I'm under the assumption then if Tyler Wright has a question about a goaltender at any point during this whole process, because I know from as soon as the draft is over, he's looking at the next year's class, mm-hmm. would he call you up and say, hey, Brian, so-and-so from, you know, we hear about there's a guy in, uh, you know, the wilds of Siberia or something, uh, check him out, or do you already know who he is? Uh, for the most part, what I'll do at the end of the year is I'll go through uh... – our database, it's done by RinkNet, and I'll just weed out all the goalies that uh, are now next year's birthday would be 2002 and see where their ranks are at. And You're basically taking 150 goalies that are out there, and then I go back and forth with the guys that uh, are European, and I talk to Maciej Swak. He's the goalie coach uh, for Farstad and the Swedish Hockey League, and he's also our European goalie scout. So Maciej is responsible for finding a bunch of the Swedish goalies that we have, like Larsson, Brodstrom, Eliasson, and then he runs it through me um, or vice versa, and, and then we decide that uh, you know this is, could be a potential goalie prospect for our organization. So especially like last year, Eliasson was on top of our list. It was a guy that I had to put my you know my hand down on the table and say hey we need this guy this is a guy that could be uh you know a deal changer as far as our organization someday you know um and let's just see how his development pans out and Machi was on the same same uh, side as us so you know every day it's it's something new and tyler will bring it to my attention and if i do not know about it then i'll do my due diligence asap on it and i'll get in touch with the whomever it is goalie coach and head coach and organization that they're playing for and then find out all that stuff that we need as an organization to to make a decision on uh, and possibly watch that prospect further well, let's uh, let's get into the uh, prospects uh, uh, here. Well, I'm just going to do it by alphabetical order, uh, which will probably be just easier. That way, we're not uh, you know we're not supposedly favoring anybody over the other or who the organization uh, has at the top of their list. I think it's a it's a fair way to be for these uh, uh, for these eight uh, young men who are Red Wing goaltending prospects. And before we begin, I know a lot of youngsters listen to the Red and White Authority. Uh, the word of the day is diligence. Look it up. It's a great word. And if you're diligent, chances are you're going to be successful. That's just my little, uh, 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 I guess, uh, tip for the day for all the kids listening out there. I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm Don Cherry at times, just kind of <laughs> throwing throwing random stuff out but let's uh let's begin with uh uh first up alphabetically would be victor bratstrom he's 6'5 198 pounds six round pick in the 2018 draft 160th overall um he plays i believe it's uh uh timra in the swedish uh hockey league uh a, a big guy actually all of these guys are at least six feet or over that we're going to talk about today uh as opposed to uh, a lot of top prospects who are under six feet, uh, as far as skaters go, it still seems before we get specifically into Victor here, uh, Brian, that tall goaltenders are still seem to be the rage in the NHL. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is nowadays. Uh, you look at NHL rosters; I think you only have three, if not four, goalies under six feet now, and uh, you know you're looking at a. A good range between six two and six four is is a good height. Just between the ability to react and to not over move, uh, you know your limbs to keep in structure, all that stuff. So we look for that, you know, as goalie scouts, uh, as management, and uh, you know Victor kind of fits that. Uh, you know he's a later round pick last year. This year so far in Timra, he's uh, three six and zero on a on a team that just went from uh, the Alskvenskan to. Uh, the SHL, they qualified for the SHL this year, so it's a, a marginal team at best. Uh, but he's done very well, I, I think, to this point. You know, he's at a 288 and an 891. And uh, with that being said, he's the backup to Nicholas Fedberg. And I think what uh, Victor has done very good is develop his characteristics, such as becoming a little bit more um, of a blocking goalie. For Swedes, for the most part, they are they characterize a little bit little bit more blocking to their, their game art and he's actually become a little bit more um, blocking in that sense because he's uh, he's actually a reactive goalie he's athletic um, he has good size he has good 
reflexes, and uh, we've actually had to calm him down a little bit. And uh, in nine games in a, in a pro league like that, uh, he's done pretty well for for the team he's on. Uh, they give up a ton of chances. Uh, I uh, I do a statistical analysis. They their team in in the nine games that he's played, uh, he gets about 16 chances a game. So that's on a higher end and. Um, He's learning from Nicholas Fedberg. He has a great goalie coach over there, and, and Peter Hirsch. And Peter actually played over here in the East Coast League uh, Pro, and, and Peter's been over uh, there in Sweden and Finland uh, uh, as a goalie coach and, and has developed a lot of good goalies. So he's learning from good people, and uh, our organization probably has a, a year and a half to decide on him. So uh, just because he's a 97 birth date, uh, we only have two years as a as a rule with him uh, to then sign him. Um, so next year will be a big year uh, in Timra if, if that's where he decides to go back. But uh, Victor is a great, really good person off the ice, great determination, great work ethic, and uh, definitely a, a prospect we have to keep following and, and someone that has a potential uh, to play uh, an ECHL, AHL role right now someday. Uh, now, I guess as, as you said, if he goes back to Timra, it would probably, I would assume, what from the Red Wing perspective, you would like to see him uh, be the number one goalie next year. Absolutely. You know, whether that is Timra, whether that's another uh, team within the SHL, that's, that'll be totally up to um, what his party has to decide at the end of the year and what does Timra decide. Uh, but. I notice improvement. Uh, we see improvement, uh, even though he doesn't have the great, you know, wins-loss record and and uh, prestigious numbers just yet. Uh, we are seeing development, and uh, especially from I'll, I'll give fans this uh, a screenplay, uh, staying structured and tight, uh, not being overly reactive or uh, overuse desperation uh, and scramble ability, uh, but to stay a little bit more structured. So. Uh, I like his upside, and, and we'll see what uh, he progresses to within the next year for sure. Uh, now the next goaltender that you also drafted, also of Sweden, uh, third round, 84th overall in the 2018 draft, and uh, I know that uh, you said his name correctly, and I'm about to mispronounce it again, uh, is just, <laughs> I'm going to call him Jesper Eliasson, 6'3", 209. He plays in the Swedish Junior League, I believe, for Vaxjo. Uh, again, I'm sure I'm, I'm probably butchering that, but uh, he's, he's, uh, he, he is, uh, uh, seems to be a young man. His numbers look pretty good uh, for yeah. his uh, uh, junior, I guess, under-20 team that he plays for in Sweden, and uh, I would imagine you're pretty high on him. And this was the guy you pounded the table on, so obviously uh, you like him. Yes, uh, he did very well last year in the Five Nations. I got to teach you a little bit about Swedish. Oh my gosh, you enunciate your your J's as silent J's. It's uh, Jesper Elias, and he plays in the it's Vekra, It's called. Um, oh, really? So yeah, that's everyone uh, butchers that Vaxjel or whatever they want to call it. So it's Vekra. Um, Vekra. You know, yeah, Vekra. Oh, my it's gosh. just based on the. Uh, the, the double O at the end and the, the silent A. So <laughs> um, it's uh, his numbers are, are great. 2.31, 923, 14 wins uh, in his first half. Um, it, they have two seasons in that league, in the Super Elite League. And uh, he got a, a call up to the Alskvenskin uh, League uh, just for the Christmas break between both seasons. And he got to experience a, a higher level and uh for people to relate, the Super Elite League, the J20, it's called in Sweden. It's a, it's a kind of a bonafide between an NAHL and a USHL. So it's, it's a pretty good level of hockey. Um, and his team, uh, I would say, is just okay. He made his team a lot better. I got all of his video uh, throughout the first half of the year, and his team does. He can, they give up a ton of chances, but you know what? He's held his own and. Uh, he started off uh, a little, a little bit, uh, you know, lopsided. I think there was an overwhelming for him to be uh, drafted, and then a new city for him in uh, Sweden. So, and then also a new school system as well. So, it was a lot for him to get in order. And then finally, he turned it on. He was lights out uh, from mid-November through December, early January, and. Uh, I would say next year he's probably on the, the pecking order for the World Juniors uh, in the Czech Republic. And so we'll, we'll hopefully we'll see him there as, as at least one of two goalies. And 
Jesper is well on his way to become a, a very good good pro. I don't know if that uh, next year will be the Elsvenskan or the SHL, but uh, he's someone who has great inner drive, uh, great determination, and uh, it's funny, he is... It doesn't look like, like it on the ice just because uh, he's so quiet and is uh, a quiet intensity. He's very calm. He doesn't know over moving parts. Um, he's naturally just a big guy. He is so athletic. It's it's crazy art. And, uh, you know, we're just the only area uh, we were concerned about uh, that we told him he needed to get better at myself, Jeff Salako, uh, Mache Swak, and our development camp was uh, secondary movement, having to move a little bit faster and, and recover a little bit faster, and he has that ability. And uh, the one thing I've noticed in video is he's applied that, and the only reason that was due to is because the Olympic ice surface, uh, you know, at sometimes he would react slow in the development camp because... Uh, he's just used to reacting on the, the Olympic ice surface we have, where you have a little bit more time in the NHL rank. It's much, much narrower, and, and, and just in the NHL game, things happen uh, a lot quicker, or I should say the junior game college, uh, major junior game over here. So uh, he needed to be a little bit more efficient and quicker on, the, on those situations. But uh, I like I like the, the pick we have there, and it's going to take a couple years uh, to see where he's at and uh, when he's ready to come over. But uh, if I, I'm, uh, you know, where we're at with goaltending and, and our prospects, he's he's definitely a, a good one to watch for. When I, when, when I look at this, and, and now you said World Juniors next year for the Czech Republic. <laughs> Even though he was born in Sweden, he's of uh, Czech descent? No, he's, he's Swedish. It's just uh, in uh, the World Juniors will be in the Czech next year, so oh, he'll play oh, for okay. Sweden. Yep. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, sorry about that. I, I, I think, well, wait a second. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, and it, now I would imagine, now he would not be fast track. You said maybe the, 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 you know, the, the Swedish Hockey League, which used to be the Swedish Elite League. They changed the name, I guess, a couple of years ago. You wouldn't fast track him and want him to come to North America next year, whether it be college or whatever he would be eligible for. No, not yet. I don't think that's a decision we'll make. And I think that's... Uh, He's, he's better off staying where he has to stay, uh, finish up his schooling, and then a uh, decision he has to make is, uh, is he ready for SHL or Elskvenskan, which Elskvenskan is like a, a tier below the, the Swedish Hockey League. It's like their minor league. So, um, you know, he's, he's in a good place, uh, a good organization right now with a couple of goalie coaches. And, but more importantly, we have a watchful eye in, in Maje Swak. Uh, the goalie coach uh, for Farstad and, and our goalie scout, so he keeps a watchful eye on him. All right, let's move now to uh, North America. Caden Fulcher, a great story, 6'3", 187 pounds, uh, signed as a free agent by uh, the Red Wings on uh, October 3rd of 2017. As I said, he plays for Toledo. Caden was a guy who came to development camp, earned, a, I guess, an invite to the Prospects Tournament, and then was eventually signed by the Red Wings. Uh, he led, I believe it was Hamilton last year, to the OHL Championship. Uh, uh, I, I know you like him. I know that you guys are, are, are buddies, but uh, Caden Fulcher, how's he doing in his first year pro? Because uh, I have been telling people, Brian, you're probably going to say, all right, you should not be telling people this, but I think eventually he's going to work his way to Detroit just because of what he has shown his first couple of years in the Red Wing organization. I think he's been really good, uh, you know, based upon where he is in, in Toledo. Uh, I think it's the right spot for him. Um, I don't think, as far as the American Hockey League, it would be a good jump for him. Um, but uh, right now, like he's got you know, stellar wins as far as 12-3-3. and um, Numbers we'd like to see better, better, I think, for both guys, especially as him and Pat Nagel. But they're at like 3.06. He's at 3.06-8.96. So we'll, we'll see what happens um, you know, with, with Caden's development. And uh, I, I like his uh, athleticism. I like his ability to react in a lot of situations. We're trying to calm him down uh, around the net front, uh, trying to not add a little bit more block, but uh, just control how he plays more of his posture, uh, get his hands a little bit better, um, especially from uh, inside the house off of entry plays. And uh, there is there's, uh, upside in his ability, his uh, thought process, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. You know, it's it's going to be a, a long process, I think, for Caden. And uh, this is the first year that uh, he gets to experience pro hockey in the East Coast League. And, and we'll see what happens from there. 
you know, you said we've talked about it before, and you and you said, and I know when we began our conversation about Caden Fulter just uh, a few minutes ago, uh, you said the, the the ECHL is the bright league for him to be in right now. Um, uh, I, I'm kind of curious, what has been? His, is it just adapting to being pro? Uh, not being in junior, where, how has this transition been for him on and off the ice? Because, and I'm not trying to read anything into it, but you're sounding like that, you know, Kate, as you just said, Caden does have, you know, uh, still a, a ways to go. No, absolutely. It's, it's a tough process in the sense that you're going from an OHL championship to East Coast League where it's, uh, to be quite honest, it's helter-skelter at times. Uh, you have a lot of personnel that goes in and out of the the organization in Toledo. Uh, they've naturally been always been a high potent offensive team, and uh, he, in, in general, Keaton does see a lot of chances. But um, in in his development curve, he needed to start working with me. And I think that was the right decision the organization made. Uh, you know, we've tweaked a couple things uh, within his actual body of play, just as far as stance, uh, his posture, and then his hands as well. And then that's just a matter of him over the next, you know, to be honest, 12 to 24 months, figuring that all out, uh, not only with me being there, but within the actual game experience itself. Because I don't want a guy like Fulcher, if he has that ability, being Grand Rapids and he's playing 10 games, it makes no sense. Um you know, he's a guy that that is the right level for him, and we'll see how he, ex- he does moving forward. Um, we would like to see his numbers obviously come up. You know, that means to eliminate one less goal per game and, and get into the 900s. So, uh, you know, we have many prospects in our system, and it's like I said, it's always a competition amongst them. All right. So, well, we'll keep an eye on Caden Fulcher. Uh, uh uh, again, I'm, I'm asking you to speculate, and then, and then we'll move on. Uh, but, uh, like, is it another year at the ECHL level next season, or does he progress to uh, to, to Grand Rapids? As of right now, that's a management decision, and, and I think the way he's progressing, I think an, another year would not hurt him. And uh, I think to get the net in full next year, hopefully, would be a good thing. Um, and that's, uh, again... That's not for me to decide on. That's uh, a thing with uh, management to uh, talk to Dan Watson in Toledo and uh, see what would be the best benefit for not only Toledo, but the the goalie prospect himself. And uh, Pat Nagel has done a good job down there in the sense of uh, bringing him along and uh, almost being like a, a tutor and a veteran for Caden to, to kind of look up to because Caden... Uh, Pat has, you know, put together some great years in the East Coast League, and it's not an easy level to play at for a goaltender. And then he's also experienced the American Hockey League on numerous occasions with several teams. So it's a good guy for Caden to talk to on a daily basis and and look after and learn some habits uh, from Pat. Right, and you know, for those, and we've talked to obviously Dan Watson, and I'm going to go down to Toledo and actually do a podcast with Dan Watson and Caden Fulcher. Uh, in the near future, if it wasn't Sub Zero, uh, the next couple of days I might have worked my way down to Toledo. But, uh, 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 but, but, but the thing that 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 I find interesting about the uh, the ECHL is that the Red Wings, I believe, can only have six or seven prospects on the uh, on, on on the Walleyes roster at any given time, and they only carry ten forwards. So there, as you said, it's a little bit more helter skelter, and it's basically uh, and the Red Wings use Toledo as a development league because guys see so much ice time and play in every situation, especially uh, 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 especially up front. So uh, it seems that this is, uh, as you said, a good a good environment for him to be in because it is, uh, I think you said, helter-skelter. So um, what better way for a goalie to be developed when uh, you know he's in an ever-revolving situation, I would imagine? I agree, but the most important thing I think he has to look to is... Uh, seeing what Pat Nagel does on a daily basis, but also uh, being able to just be in the system and in, in the pro environment, um, uh, seeing how it works. And then the most important thing on a daily basis, we're talking, and, you know, just in general, he's a good person. It's a great work ethic. And it's nice to uh, be able to develop that type of relationship, seeing, seeing that he's so young 
and uh, he's definitely moldable. And we'll just have to see in the next year, year and a half, how far that talent comes. And ultimately, uh, there's things he's going to have to do this summer uh, to further upgrade his abilities. And uh, we'll make that decision uh, as as a management team to uh, see what his future lies. All right, let's uh, let's move on, and uh, we'll certainly keep uh, 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 attention to Caden Fulcher. Uh, perhaps the goaltender that I think uh, Red Wing fans uh, might be most familiar with as a prospects level. Actually, there might be a couple. Keith Petrozelli, whom we're going to talk about soon, uh, is uh, is one of them. But is Philip Larson? Uh, Sixth round pick in the 2016 draft, 167th overall. He's 6'2", 187 from the cosmopolitan city of Stockholm. Uh, plays for Denver and heading into uh, the weekend series against Western Michigan last weekend in Kalamazoo, he was putting up pretty extraordinary numbers again. His numbers have always seemed to be good, uh, yet... Health has been kind of an issue with him as well. Uh, where do you think Philip Larson is? Because, as I said, I think a lot of Red Wing fans are looking at him as quite possibly Detroit's goaltender of the future. Well, Phil has had a long journey the last year. Last February, he got hurt in Tri-City, and it's been a long point uh, for him to get back to full health. He had uh, groin surgery, and, and what they did was just uh, removed some scar tissue, and that helped freed up free up the area and help his uh, process of healing uh, way easier. And, and uh, right now he's in a in good spot in Denver, uh, in a good college hockey program. And uh, Phil is now 6-2-2 two two with, you know, his numbers took a hit last weekend. He's, I think it's at 2-5-6 and 9-0-9. But, you know, overall this, this kid has major upside. Um, he's a polished goalie. Uh, doesn't not have any over movement to his game. Uh, he has uh, stuff goalies would kill for, and just as far as a quiet confidence, uh, the ability to, to maneuver in situations uh, down low, uh, put his body in postures uh, against posts and uh, get to spots uh, on his feet or in a sliding position that an uh, under calm, controlled ability that. Uh, like I said, goalies would uh, love to have. So he uh, has major upside. Uh, I think some of the areas that uh, he needs to get continue to, to work on, just uh, like anyone else, is puck, puck play behind the net, uh, maybe some hands and stuff like that. But uh, he has a, a great hockey IQ that uh, is going to take him a long way, and uh, we'll just we'll be on him uh, all the time just to make sure he's, you know, consistent with his play and right now he's, he's in a good spot in Denver like I said uh, he's Ben Scrivens is a goalie coach there and uh, Ben's actually in a master's degree in a program uh, after retiring from hockey so uh, he gets to work with him uh, and that's great from his experience to give uh, Philip some NHL advice and uh, as far as my overall uh, work with Philip. Uh, I just contact him. We have a great relationship. I probably talk to him once a week. And uh, having seen him last weekend at Western, I gave him a couple pointers, both uh, good and you know what he needed to work on. And I think right now it's uh, that's a decision for management. You know, at the end of the year, to can see if they can continue to you know play at Denver or uh, or what have you. So uh, I think from his standpoint. Uh, another year would not hurt him at all, and uh, you know my personal opinion is that uh, he has the ability, the upside to to make it to a, uh, the highest level someday. So uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, we'll play out. You know, the next three months, and uh, he's only played ten games at a college level. So get it, give him that, and we'll see if he can take Denver to you know uh, the promised land, the NCAA tournament or the NCAA HC tournament, and. Uh, ultimately, we'll, we'll have a, a decision on our hands, and if we think he's ready for management, you know, Ken and Ryan think he's ready for uh, pro, then you know that's that's up to them. If they think he's needs another year in Denver or another year after that, then that's up to them. So um, we'll, we'll yeah, it'll take care of itself uh, in the end. Uh, 
the decision he makes for management, you know, based upon his performance. Um, but we'll all gather together and see what's what's best for him. When, when I look at it, the thing that I like about him, and, and maybe, um, you know, I've talked to him on several occasions, um, he seems to fit the mold of being that eccentric quality that some goalies may have. Um, he seems to be at ease, as you said, but he kind of um, is wired a little differently, or am I reading way too much into that? I think, you know, it's the, every goalie is, is different in what quirks they have or uh, how they live their life, you know. And everyone says goalies are different, but uh, for Philip, it's um, just how he lives his life on a daily basis. Uh, he's all about goaltending. He's, uh, he's all about thinking about what he wants to be um, as far as becoming a, a pro goalie. And I think that's a great goal to have. So uh, for Philip, uh, his whole main focus is getting better. And uh, I think he's, he's not, a, not a big social person. I think he's more to himself. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's, he's always trying to look for a way, and, and this is through my discussions with him, to, to become better. So uh, it's a great asset to have as a person. And uh, hopefully that uh, he can find a way and we can find a way to make him the best goalie that he can be. So. Well, you know, the only reason I say this is every time I've talked to him, he always compliments me on the color of my shirt. And I don't know if he's putting me on or not, you know what I mean? But, uh, uh, but he, he seems generally like he does. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, the next time I saw him after he liked one particular shirt I was wearing, the next time I saw him, he's wearing the same color shirt. So I'm just thinking, wow, this, you know, he's, uh, you know, and I've got a lot of goalies. And, you know, Brian, you're a goalie, you know what I mean? I mean, you guys are... Uh, I don't know. I mean, just a that little. Could be, that could be the old Stockholm sarcasm. So who knows <laughs> yeah, that about that? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking too. Because people yeah. say, "Oh no, he's from Stockholm. He's just putting you yeah. on." You know, that's a. Yeah, no, he's a wry personality that uh, he'll make you laugh at times. Yeah, so he, yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't well, be surprised if that was Phil for sure. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking to myself because I have a habit of telling people, "Well, oh, nice tie" or something. You know, all the time, and they always look at you know, like, "Yeah, do you really mean that?" So, uh, uh, so <laughs> Philip Larson's a little bit uh, uh, like that. Let's move on. On to another uh, high draft pick, third round pick in the 2017 draft, 80th, uh, 88th overall. Uh, the the tallest goaltender out of the prospects we're going to talk about, but still one of the uh, uh, um, slender goaltenders too. At 6'6", 190 pounds, that's of course is Keith Petrozelli. Plays for Quinnipiac. Uh, I know we've talked about him in the past too, Brian. But I would imagine the organization has to be pretty happy. Because last year, it seemed to be touch and go at times. He had a difficult freshman year adjusting to uh, the college lifestyle. But uh, Keith seems to be at least settling in at Quinnipiac. He's come a long way in one year's time, Art. Uh, the most specific areas off the ice in the gym. Um, he's put on since development camp about 23 pounds and all good weight. So that's huge for Keith. Uh, just from the standpoint of structurally, like he, the fans watched him. He was he was almost like bent over, and uh, how he played, and uh, you know when he would go down and recover uh, to his edges or uh, move laterally when down on the ice. Uh, you know he looked a little bit sluggish, or uh, you know I wouldn't say it, not the word awkward, but uh, off balance. But this year he looks way stronger. Uh, can fulfill all of his movement and it looks uh, functional. So that's a huge upside for, for Keith and his development. And uh, now he has eight, th eight wins, three losses uh, at Quinnipiac. Uh, really good numbers, uh, a 913 save percentage and uh, major improvement from last year. Uh, the other thing is uh, he has really good competition there. Um, and Andrew Shortridge, who I believe is a senior this year, or if not a junior, excuse me. And, uh, you know, that's that's a tough thing for, for Keith and that, you know, every weekend you got to be spot on because now they're in a battle for, you know, top five spots in the country that Quinnipiac University is. And, and uh, you know, they have a, a potential to win a national championship uh, possibly. And it'll be great to be for Keith to be a part of that. Hopefully we see him. Uh, 
be in that role of being the starter down the run. But I know the last three weeks, I think it has been, he hasn't played, uh, which is unfortunate. But you know what? Uh, from my end, I've been in touch with him and, uh, you know, tell, told him, you know, remain uh, to remain patient, uh, continue his work ethic with Jared Wayman, their goalie coach, who has been outstanding and, and helping Keith's development. And Jared has a great reputation on the East Coast of developing a lot of goalies within his goalie academy called Procrease. And, uh, you know, we've seen that throughout the years, some of the Quinnipiac goalies that have come out of that program. So, uh, but for Keith, you know, not only is on and off ice stuff, but just as a person, he's maturing. Uh, just our, our overall conversations have gotten uh, a lot better. Uh, he says a lot more. Uh, he has a little bit more of a, a good, you know, great opinion from his standpoint of being able to discuss things uh, in the classroom. He's doing very well in the classroom. And then the other thing is uh, he's able to discuss in detail about his game. So whereas last year, I think he was just finding his way and seeing what it was about and having a game plan put together. So, it's nice to see Keith Pesterzelli where he's at. And Keith, um, I, I guess the timeline for him would be next year, uh, Quinnipiac uh, to be uh, the definitive number one goaltender uh, and, uh, and and take it from there. I mean, obviously when you draft a college player, the Red Wings have a four-year window in order to decide whether or not to offer him a contract. And it sounds like maybe based on his freshman year, you were unsure. But what he's been able to accomplish so far as a sophomore, it seems that he's progressing nicely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's on a rise. And I think more importantly is he was trying to find all the missing parts to his game. And, uh, you know, you could see that raw ability when you, we drafted him, uh, but it was built. It's both putting it together uh, as a person off the ice in the gym and putting on the good weight, and then ultimately having a goalie coach, a really good goalie coach, Jared Wayman, you know, define his game, uh, what areas he needed to improve upon, what areas he could tighten up. So, and he's done that this year, and we'll see if he continues the trend in the right direction. And I, I would hope so, and I believe so. Uh, let's uh, move on, and we'll get now into talking about a couple of the Grand Rapids goaltenders. And uh, up first is uh, uh, Patrick Rebar. Um, he's the lightest goaltender, uh, according to the statistics I have. He's 6'3", 176 pounds, uh, signed as a free agent by the Red Wings in May of 2018. He's playing for Grand Rapids, and uh, this was a, a young man when the Red Wings signed him that had been playing over in, uh, uh, in Europe. Uh, in the, uh, I believe, the, uh, one of the Czech leagues. And at the time, and, you know, when someone signed, you know how this game is played there, Brian. Uh, uh, well, the Red Wings got a steal. Yet uh, how has uh, Patrick adapted to uh, life in the AHL? Patrick coming over from the Czech league uh, near his hometown did, has done outstanding. And, uh, you know, in training camp, it was, a, it was de definitely a learning curve for him. Uh, there were some curveballs thrown at him and it was just uh, I think it was a matter of English uh, being uh, a big factor and learning how things go go and what the trend is over here in pro hockey over here uh, how you have to act, how you have to work and uh, now he's on a, a tight structure every day with myself and uh, you know we have developed a great routine uh, not only in goalie sessions off the ice uh, with hand-eye coordination that he needed to desperately improve, and he has done so. Um, I think uh, his game, just in natural ability, is uh, he fills the net significantly uh, as a great combination of, of block and react. Uh, his hands have gotten better. Um, his rebound placement, I would still would like to see needs work at times in certain areas. Screenplay has improved significantly uh, in how he, he you know, reads the play and also where he positions himself uh, according to his depth and his post play is some of the best I've seen uh, at our level uh, just how he uses it uh, effectively within a certain situation so the other thing that he needs to improve upon is, is puck placement he knows that uh, puck placement and what I mean by that is uh, playing the puck and coming out getting to pucks first hitting his D or rimming the puck when needed and reading the four checks so I think that's an area he needs to, to drastically improve in. And, uh, you know, he's on a one-year contract. We'll see what 
management has to say at the end of the year. He's definitely improved improved throughout the year. He's proven himself as a as a top five and, and goals against a top ten and save percentage. So we'll see if that continues on. And I don't know how many starts he's going to have left. Um, just because now we have to, you know, find you know who's going to be the number one going in into the end of the year and going to lead us uh, throughout the AHL playoffs. Right, because Grand Rapids, uh, as usual, and I don't know uh, if it's something in the water in GR or, or whatever, but it seems that the Griffins are notoriously slow starters and then really do pick <laughs> it up. And, uh, you know, Absolutely. Yeah, again, you know, they're leading their division, and it looks like it's going to be a nice playoff run for this team. It will. I mean, it, it honestly was for the whole team a slow start, and uh, it had a, that trickle-down effect from Detroit to GR through even Tohito. So it's uh, it was more because our younger prospects were up, and then we, we took the hit on that just because we didn't have many guys in the back end uh, on the defensive side. So that brings us to Hari Sateri, who at the start of the year uh, actually played okay, but he struggled statistically because we were giving up a ton. Uh, a ton of chances. We weren't necessarily giving up a, a lot of shots. We were giving up a lot of quality chances. And uh, Hari had such a good training cap, and then coming in, and then everything kind of crumbled a little bit for him just because of the quote-unquote poor start. I think Hari has been in a good place for the last month and a half. His game, uh, it's for me, it's uh, way more polished, uh, a lot more quiet in the sense not over moving in certain areas, getting to his spots on his feet. And uh, he has some of the best hands I've seen in a, in a long time, um, you know, at, at any level. So he uses his hands effectively and uh, meets pucks well. He's uh, actually an underrated puck handler behind the net, sets up our breakout really well. And uh, right now, I mean, in his last 13 games already, I think he's 11, 2 and 2. So, um, and his numbers, the last, I think, five of the last six have really improved. And he's done a good job of that. So it's been good competition amongst the both, uh, a veteran and a rookie over here. And I think we needed that. You know, Rebar settled the fort, and then it kind of instilled a little bit of, I got to push him for, for Hari. And it's been a good tandem so far. And, and uh, I'm sure one of these guys... and. Uh, as of late, it's been hard to kind of take the ball and run with it. And, um, we'll see down the stretch. You know, we need to start going with a guy that's up to, to Ben Simon to make that decision. And, um, you know, hopefully one of these guys takes over and takes us on a, on a good run into playoffs. And uh, we can contend with uh, a couple of strong teams in the West and, and make a run at it again. Now, Satari, I just want to remind you, he was signed as a free agent on July 1st. He played last season in the Florida system, actually played a few games in the NHL. Um, he was a goaltender. Uh, he's 6 feet, 207 pounds. Uh, he was a goaltender that the Red Wings had their eye on. I think Jeff Blaschel, I don't know if we would saw him at the World Championship, or, or uh, but they but the Red Wings have liked what they've seen from Hari uh, for at least a couple of seasons. Absolutely. You know, we followed him closely last year. Jeff Salenko did in Florida and then uh, was brought to my attention probably midway through the year in, in identifying certain guys that were UFAs or RFAs Then narrowing my list for veteran goalies. And he was uh, near the top of the list for sure. And uh, he's brought a, a quiet confidence to the locker room as a late. And, uh, you know, we need that coming down the stretch. And if they're, you know, knock on wood there hasn't been an injury this year uh up in detroit so thank goodness but uh if there's a guy to go up and give veteran minutes and uh, a guy that can is going to battle his way to to win for the, the red wings going to start it would be hard to carry so it's been a pleasure to work with a good veteran presence for for rebar to learn from and uh you know we'll see at the end of the year what uh, the outcome is for for both goalies and uh what management wants to do again with you know, re-signing uh, both of those guys, what uh, that outcome may be. So uh, I've had no problems with working with them. They've been both uh, delightful to work with. Uh, I think it's been good for our team to have those goalies just in case uh, if push comes to shove that Detroit needed a goalie, both would be ready. So they've done a very good job of being ready every day and, and being good pros about it. Well, we'll look, we'll look uh, as you said, you know, uh, knock on wood, Jimmy and uh, uh, Jonathan 
uh, have both been healthy here in Detroit. Actually, it's, you know, I, don't, I hate to sound like I'm cursing it, but it's, it's actually been the healthiest position all year for the Red Wings. Uh, you know, they, <laughs> no, they, they think it's, it's unbelievable. Hits, yes, at forward and blue line for sure. So uh, let's move on. Our last prospect is a guy who is intriguing. We've talked about him before as well. The Red Wings offered him a contract, and he actually turned it down. And then uh, he, the Red Wings have to make a decision on him this season, and that's Joran uh, uh, Van Pottelberg, 6'2", 201 pounds, fourth round pick, 110th overall in the 2015 draft. And here was a young man who decided to stay home and play in, uh, uh, in Switzerland. Uh, uh, in Denmark, and, and, you know, kind of staying close to you know where he's from. Uh, how is uh, uh, Jorn von Pottelberg doing? That was a, a little bit of a fortunate start of the year for Jorn. Uh, he got knocked out to be a third goalie on, in HC Davos uh, with the signing of Anders Lindback. Uh, he was in Milwaukee last year and a uh, free agent uh, that was a little bit sought after over here. And uh, he wanted uh, to go back overseas. So uh, Davos has another prospect named Gilles Sen. He's a New Jersey pick that I assume he'll be going over next year as well. So that left Jorn in a tough spot. And then he went to Rungstead in Denmark, played four games, got loaned over there. Um, you know, he did okay um, just because that was the first four games. He had been waiting around for basically a month and a half. He was practicing with Davos, but it's not nothing's like me and as you know, so, mm -hmm. uh, and then he went back to Davos for another month, and then finally got loaned out to Cloton in the B League, which the B League is kind of like a, a bonafide ECHL, so uh, he's doing very well there, they're the top team in that league, pretty much, uh, he's played 19 games, I think he's 16-3 and three with a 9, almost a 9.40, so that's good that he's on the right page, but, um, you know, that's, that's a decision, again, we're going to have to look at it, uh, come you know the end of the year you know there's like I said there's guys competing against each other and so that was his call last year to make that decision and uh, I respect that totally he wanted to stay home he thought it was best for his development to stay with Davos uh, I got a good relationship with him uh, we talked probably twice uh, twice a month three times a month and you know he's a, he's a good kid that he's honest with himself he's worked hard to get to his where he's at and his abilities and, uh, unfortunately like you're at a point right now where we have to make a tough decision and and uh, he has he's competed uh, with you know like we have seven seven other eight brother prospects so that's gonna be time once the final meeting said hey, is he ready or not or do we make that decision you know is he stay in Switzerland so we don't know that yet um, Time will, you know, we'll decide that in the next two, three months, and and we'll further evaluate. Uh, but like I said, you know, with draft picks and prospects in our system, it's always going to be a competition. Uh, you know, and it's ultimately wherever they are at is ultimately up to that the prospect himself to further better himself with seeing his goalie coach and and uh, try to find himself as as a goalie. So. Um, you know, because on my end, you know, I try to, to give them as much advice as possible and, and hopefully they can earn a contract and, and one day work with uh, guys like myself or Jeff Salako. So it's a, it's going to be an interesting uh, final couple of months for all our prospects and, and then eventually uh, for management to make that decision on who, you know, is ready for a contract or who continues on that path within, uh, you know, their certain organization they're in. So... Well, uh, Brian Mahoney-Wilson, the uh, goaltending development coach for the Detroit Red Wing organization, uh, I know we have to wrap this up, but I quickly, when you look at the, the assessment of where uh, the Red Wings are as far as goaltending, nothing has to be done immediately just because you know, depending on, on if Jimmy re-signs with the Red Wings or not, and then having Jonathan Bernier under contract, not only for this season, but for the next two seasons, um, there is still some time, yet it appears that there is depth and there is certainly potential uh, within the organization when it comes to between the pipes. Absolutely. It's going to get better, and uh, I think we upgraded definitely this year uh, in Grand Rapids, and then we have prospects coming. It's just a matter of uh, it will panel out. You know, like I've said in 
previous podcast, it's tough as a fan to be patient, but uh, they have to be patient with the young ones, and you know it will all play out um, who rises to the top. You know, not only their work ethic and their development, but uh, that's my responsibility to make sure that they're on the right path as well. So, um, you know, the organization, what we've got, we're in good hands. But like I said, if we can always make ourselves better, um, you know, if there's another prospect that can compete with another prospect for a job in the system, then by all means, we're going to continue to upgrade. So uh, that's that's the most important because that's, that's life and business. That's in general in pro hockey. So, um, but right now the prospects we, we have in our system are good people. They have strong work ethics, and uh, like I said, eventually one will rise to the top and and fulfill that slot and hopefully playing in the NHL someday. All right, Brian Mahoney Wilson, goaltending development coach for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, thank you, Brian, for doing this. Thanks for joining us. I know it uh, it took us a while to get on the same page. Thanks mostly to the weather in the conditions, <laughs> but uh, but I do appreciate it. Thanks for being in, uh, on the Red and White Authority. Thank you, Brian. Thank you as usual, Art. It's a pleasure and great talking to you.